when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey everyone, this was, usually is, an episode of Waypoint Radio. It still is, it still is. I'm, you know what? An episode can be whatever it wants to be. I'm not going to tell this episode of Waypoint Radio to be anything other than whatever it wants. Um, we kind of realized as we were doing our scheduling meeting this morning that like all of the games we wanted to talk about basically were under embargo <laughs> later this week. I've played like 20 hours of Days Gone. Natalie is digging through Box Boy on Switch. Um, Austin and I have both been playing SteamWorld Quest, uh, the brand new RPG-focused um, game from uh, Image and Form, I think is the studio. The folks that did SteamWorld Dig. Go play SteamWorld Dig 2. I can tell you that. I, what is not under embargo is how amazingly good SteamWorld Dig 2 is, and you can get that on Switch now. I still haven't played that XCOMI game they made. It was like a, a thing at XCOM. I don't know. Anyway, the, all those games, I cannot say words about them because... There are we signed things, so that's gonna be part of a big Friday episode. There's uh, plenty of stuff um, from Rob uh, and Danielle's gonna be on too. That's the plan. As as of me saying this, Danielle's supposed to be on that podcast. Her and I are gonna talk about Mortal Kombat 11. Um, one small thing I can mention because the embargo is up on that game. Uh, as someone that struggles with combos and will probably still struggle and mostly avoid combos in Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, the tutorial is really neat because it does this like cool little thing where um, when it's trying to teach you like a, yeah, just, just say for example, like square, circle, square. Um, and it's not as simple as just hitting those buttons. I mean, it is, but the timing is like very specific and it, it does this neat little thing where it shows an hourglass for each button press so that when you miss it, you have a sense of how fast or slow and really how slow you were and sort of like chaining those together. So you get sort of like this really elegant UI manifestation of what you're doing wrong when you're trying to apply the combo. I don't know if it goes like any deeper than that, whether like I, I can set up, you know, like pick a random combo chain and just have the game tell me like where I'm missing it. But in terms of like just illuminating, like how does a combo work? It's like really smart. It has a really good tutorial um, that I might write about or I might not. But I just want to tell you, you've come to Waypoint Radio to hear about how is the Mortal Kombat 11 tutorial and I, I'm i here to deliver. Um, so this is all to say that this is uh, going to be a truncated episode. But hey, look, Save Point is coming up. It's next weekend, honestly. It is it's not, it's not this weekend. Austin keeps thinking it's this weekend, but it is not. It is next weekend. Save Point, our uh, 72-hour live stream we're splitting up that time between us here at waypoint the editorial staff and uh, the waypoint community we'll be doing the first uh 36 hours of that starting let's see that is may i kato sent me an image may 2nd may 2nd through the 5th we're starting out at may 2nd eastern time noon going until 
midnight, uh, so basically May 2nd at noon going till uh, midnight the following day, which I guess is technically May 3rd or May 4th, depending on how you want to characterize it. But we're doing that first 36 hours. We have a bunch of uh, really fun, wild games uh, planned. Um, uh, maybe I don't know if I can come up with another Rivers Cuomo story for to match it, but, you know, I'll try. I'll at least put in a good faith effort. Uh, save point, uh, this year we are raising money, and we're going to raise a shitload of money for Trans Lifeline. They're a, a national trans-led organization dedicated to improving the quality of trans lives by responding to the critical needs of that community with direct service, material support, advocacy, and education. Um, their vision is to fight the epidemic of trans suicide and improve overall life outcomes of trans people by facilitating justice-oriented collective community aid. And actually, uh, Rob had an opportunity to speak with the executive director of Trans Lifeline, uh, Elena Rosvera, um, and I'm actually just going to punt over to that interview. Uh, I'm going to, Rob, you can, Rob, just Rob, take it, Rob, take it away. All right, and I'm joined by Trans Lifeline Executive Director, Elena Rosvera. Uh, Elena, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's so great to be here. Uh, so I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about uh, the back, the background, the backstory on Trans Lifeline, and then also a little bit about uh, the, the the work you do, the day to day operations that the Trans Life, Life, Lifeline is executing. Sure, absolutely. Um, so Trans Lifeline began about five years ago, um, and it was really just a group of idealists from the community who saw that there was a need that trans people weren't getting proper support uh, from a lot of other crisis resources, um, that it was really difficult for folks to call and then uh, get operators who didn't understand what they were going through or who might have meant well, but weren't really up on the, the right way to treat trans people or what trans people need or didn't understand their problems. And that there was a real need to create a peer support service that would allow them to be sure that when they called in, they'd get someone on the other end of the line who'd been through some of what they had been through and was ready to support them. And from that, sorry, there's about to be a train going by. You're going to have to edit that. I apologize. Oh, the, th the things we have to edit out of the show, entire 15 minute digressions uh, into just the silliest stuff you can imagine. Uh, so don't even worry about it. The train really is, doesn't even make the grade. Yeah. No, okay. I mean, the last part. That's a real train. Yeah, no, it's a real train. We are right next to a train station. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see here <laughs> well it gives me a moment to gather myself yeah it's a nice view you know it just is noisy um all right let's see here where were we um and from that start five years ago trans lifeline has grown and grown uh about a year and a half ago we joined together with another organization called the Trans Assistance Project, which is now our microgrants program. And what that program does is provide small grants for trans people around North America who need help with things like paying for their name change or their updated legal ID or the gender marker on their legal on their legal documents. Um, and helping people get the right identification and the right documents helps them get jobs and housing and support resources locally. And it just helps make their lives safer and better. One of the things we know is a major factor 
and the well-being and happiness and health of trans people is just to be treated as the gender that they are and to have their name and their pronouns respected and having identification can be a part of that. And we've actually been able to expand that microgrant program to also being able to help trans people who are currently incarcerated in prison or immigration detention um, and to be able to put money into their funds so that they can get basic comforts and pay for phone calls outside to family or uh, folks who are there to support them and uh, to get them those resources directly. And to date, the microgrants program has given out more than $250,000 of small grants to trans people around the continent. And the hotline program is still going strong. Um, we've taken more than 64,000 calls. We take, you know, thousands of calls a month from trans people around North America. Uh, and we have volunteers and staff in 43 states and two Canadian provinces. So um, folks are able to log on to the dashboard system and work from home and give what they can when they can. Um, and in the last year, we've added to those programs also a lot of advocacy work. So because we're doing direct service work that helps trans people around the country that no one else is doing, we have, we kind of have like a picture of how people in our community are faring when events like anti-trans legislation comes down, when the, um, you know, when the Department of Health or the federal government puts through a policy that negates or denigrates or takes away the basic civil rights of trans people, we see more people calling in for our, for our crisis line and more people applying for our grants because they're scared uh, and they're hurt. And to be able to be there to catch them during those hard days, it's not just a privilege, it also gives us information that we can use for folks who are uh, working to change those policies. We can We can provide them research that essentially says things like, well, when FOSTA-SESTA, which curtailed the rights of sex workers to work safely, was passed as legislation, our call volume jumped up by 97%. And so here is concrete wow. information that can tell you uh, about the harm that it's doing to the people it affects. When the ban on trans service in the military went through, you know, we saw a huge spike in our call numbers. When Last fall, there was a memo about removing essentially the existence of trans people's legal status um, in the states as who they are um, from the Department of Health. Um, our call volume quadrupled instantly. And um, essentially, our, we get 20% more calls again every year. And um, the need for the service keeps growing. And we're growing as fast as we can to catch up with it. And there's an amazing dedicated group of volunteers and staff who are really here because they love their community. Um, it's It's been one of the honors of my life to work with this group of people who are here because, because they care. Um, almost everyone who works here started out as a volunteer. Um, and we got into it just out of dedication to providing services and care for this community that's so often neglected elsewhere. Um, and I've been able to take the work we do here to other organizations who are in suicide prevention, crisis and peer support, um, even other grant programs, and to be able to show them what happens when you trust trans people 
and you show care to trans people and what a difference it makes in their lives. And it's affecting how other people do their work uh, in similar fields. And that's, that's exciting. We want any service that trans people call into to be good for them, whether or not it's ours. Um, and being able to partner with other people who are, who are trying to support the community. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's amazing to get to do. Um, yeah. I always dreamed of of getting to spend my life and my work helping people, um, and especially helping my community, and to make sure that there are resources that I never had growing up, and to be able to do that on a national scale, it's um it's more than I ever dreamed of. So yeah, um, it's an amazing it's an amazing organization, and um, it's just been getting stronger. You know, we've been keeping up as best we can. And um, in the last year, we had a chance to update all of our tech, to hire new people, um, to completely overhaul um, all kinds of things that just needed updating and repairing and to make them work better, to extend our training for our operators, um, to make everything that we do work better. And we've learned a lot. (laughs) Um, I've been executive director now for a month <laughs> and I was deputy executive director for the, the year before that. And um, I'm looking forward to our future. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Yeah, like talking a little bit about uh, sort of those updating and improvement programs, I am curious, like, uh, in addition to supporting these these operations you, you've outlined, I am curious what, uh, you know, when you consider, like, ways to improve the service, broaden it, extend its reach, uh, you know, what are the, uh, you know, top line items for, for you when you sort of consider, like, here's, you know, here's how we level up, right? Here's here's where we want this to go from here. Uh, in, in terms of those needs, improvements, what, what are you looking at, uh, you know, for the next, next one-year plan, five-year plan, whatever the time frame? is you tend to think of it uh i'm curious what what it is you see what it is you want to see absolutely uh the big level up we're working on right now is making sure that we can guarantee to answer 100 percent of the calls that come in um right now you know because all of our operators are trans we have a smaller essentially a smaller pool of volunteers to draw from just because there are fewer of us than there are cis people um and so, and we want to make sure that the we people that the people we bring on are properly vetted and trained. And so, we want to make sure to hire a couple more operators and make sure that we have guaranteed coverage around the clock. Um, right now, we're we're still catching most of the calls that come in, um, but there are more calls every day. And so, our big level up 
that we're working on that I think we'll get to by the end of the year is being able to guarantee that we answer everyone who needs us. Um, beyond that, we're, uh, we have a really exciting fundraiser coming up in the fall for uh, the Commissary Fund for Incarcerated People. And we want to double what we raised last year. Last year, we raised 25000 and uh, put it directly in the pockets of people in need. Um, and I think we can do more this year. I think we can do better. Um, we're overhauling all of our tech, and that's mostly done, but there's a little more to do. And we want to be able to do more to support the folks who are working for trans rights and liberation and health care all around the country, and that means expanding our research program. Uh, but generally, we just we want to make sure that anyone who reaches out for us gets the help they need. And we want to make sure that we have enough staff and enough information and enough infrastructure that we don't have to worry that when our call volume quadruples overnight or just raises by a fifth next year, uh, we don't we don't want to have to worry that there might be anyone who slips through the cracks. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, um, it is it is an amazing time of leveling up. Actually, um, this was a this was still a pretty small operation only a couple of years ago. And after the election in 2016, demand for our services jumped up exponentially. And we just want to make sure that our people get what they need. So, yeah, um, yeah we're, we're currently fundraising right now to, to hit that total staff coverage place to bring on some more operators. And um, hopefully we'll get there by the end of the year. We essentially, um, we have a different fundraising model than nearly any other organization uh, that I have ever seen. And when we talk to some of our peers, um, they've never seen anything like it either. 85% of our donors are donating small donations, are giving $100 or $20 or $50 or $5 um, to support this work. And because of our model, we're able to put that money to good use very directly. Uh, but unlike a lot of other organizations that are largely funded by foundations and grants, we have a few of those, we're mostly funded just by regular people who care about trans people. Uh, and that's, that's, that's beautiful. When I first got hired on, I was looking at the spreadsheets of donors, right? And it just looks like a list of numbers. And then on every page, I started recognizing names. And they were all, you know, it was the mother or brother or kid or coworker of someone I knew or had heard of or uh, that I knew. And I realized that you know, instead of being this thing that's funded by, you know, the sort of the, the whims and the, and the mercies of, of powerful people, what we have is a map of love, that we have this beautiful thing where, where it's just folks care. They care about trans people. They want them to have good lives. They want, they want them to do more than survive. They want the trans people they care about to thrive. And they're they're giving what they have just regular folks to make this happen and it turns out when you add up enough regular people you can fund an operation like this that um that you don't need to rely on on the high halls of power to support work like this if you have enough 
just decent folks who want to lend a hand. And between that and our volunteers, it's I, uh, I get a little weepy about it, honestly. Uh, Very understandable. Be, yeah, no, you know, it can be so lonely to grow up in a world that's so full of transphobia. And for so many of us who grow up isolated or not knowing that lives like ours are possible, who haven't seen trans role models or trans mentors, it can feel really isolating and lonely. And to look at these pages and pages of folks who just want to help out because they think a trans life is worth living and worth supporting. Um, you know, I wish, I wish I could mail it back to teenage me and say, listen, kiddo, <laughs> it's going to be okay. Look at all these good people. Look at all these people who care. Well, that's, uh, an inspiring note to end it on. And while it is dismaying, no doubt, to hear that demand for your services continues to increase, especially as uh, institutional hostility and political hostility increases, uh, it's also wonderful to know that an organization like yours is out there doing the work uh, and supported by so many. And uh, we're, 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 pardon? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and I, I was just going to say, we're, we're also honored to be part of that support. Uh, and I hope we can, we can do you proud. We are so grateful that you are doing this for us. Uh, we are going to be able to help so many people with the money you raise. And, um, and it's going to go right to them. You know, like, um, we're not, we're not a big fancy operation with, with, a you know, a big team that's, that's making most of the money that's raised, you know, we're putting it back into the community. And to see folks like you step up for us, it's, I'm just very, very grateful. And I know that the people who rely on our services are grateful too. Our commitment is that we're not going anywhere. And no matter who comes after our community, no matter how hard it gets, we are going to be here to be steady and reliable and, and take those hands that reach out for us. And it means so much that you and the folks who are going to be participating in this are going to be there to support us. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Reverend Barra. And uh, we look forward to doing the Safe Point charity stream for a trans lifeline this year. And uh, uh, we're very hopeful. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make you, we'll make you proud of us. Oh, we're already proud, but um, I hope it's amazing. It seems like it's going to be a really great time. I, I am sure. I'm sure it will be. And uh, thank you. Thank you for all the work uh, you and your volunteers and staff uh, do every day. Sorry about the train. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the perfect place to leave. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, it's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, it's an incredible organization, and uh, I, I, I really do hope uh, we can we can help make a difference. So, thank you so much for for taking the time and uh, speaking with us today. Absolutely, it's my pleasure. All right, take care. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.